0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. You know the Bible
1: says taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good is good when you get a taste of how good he is you want some more right and then you just about to get a little more man then you realize that you want more and then when you get some more of that then you realize I want want even more and you know it just doesn't it just doesn't stop we just get more the more full we are the more full we get of him the more hungry we get for him But you know, it's the opposite with the things of this world, with sin. The more you go after the things of this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, the more you try to fill yourself up with those things, the more empty you actually become. And there's scripture for that. Uh, I think it's Exodus. It could be Numbers or Deuteronomy, but I think it's Exodus. (laughs) Exodus. Where the children of Israel, the Bible says when they came out of Egypt, they lusted exceedingly in their heart. And the Lord sent leanness into their souls. In other words, they be, the, more they, the more they went after the lust of the flesh to gratify themselves, the more lean they became. This isn't a good lean. This isn't like you know getting lean from working out. The thinner, the more empty they became. The more depleted they were. They became like spiritual skeletons. The more desperate they became. And you see that with lust. The more people go after it, the more desperate they get for it. But they're only getting more and more empty. Whereas with the Lord, we go after him. We do get more hungry for him as we get full of him. But we are getting full. We're getting full, 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 full. Getting filled to the full so that we could fulfill what he's called us to be. And everybody wants to live a fulfilled life, right? So we're not like, I'm desperate for you, hungry for you, like we're these empty people. No, we're hungry for you, but we're very fulfilled people. We're fulfilled and yet hungry for more. In other words, we had this saying in the martial arts. I had it on my my wall down in my dojo. Down Down in my base, we had a nice gym set up. I had painted dragons and ninjas on the wall, you know? And it said... To be satisfied with yourself is a sure sign that your forward motion is about to stop. To be satisfied with yourself is a sure sign that your forward... To be satisfied with God is a sure sign that your forward motion is about to stop... ...and you're just going to become a religious person. How about that? Now, I didn't say that in my jib. I added that just now for you. But you understand. To be satisfied with yourself... There's no more hunger. There's no more passion, you know. We got it all figured out. We know it all. Isn't that the most ridiculous thing? When we're talking about God, does anybody think like they have a fraction of knowing it all? Come on. There's so much more to know. So much more to learn about. So much more to gain. So much more to get a hold of. So much more to partake of. So much more of his goodness to have in our lives. Man, he's good. I want to get more. I I, I want to get more. So, you know, we're sitting at the table. He's prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. I mean, you know, we got enemies. There are those that would try to keep us from getting the word. And then the Bible says, if you do get the word, the devil comes immediately to try to steal the word that was sown in your heart because he knows how good it is. And he knows what it'll do for you. He knows how it'll absolutely transform your life. So the enemy wants to keep us from it. But bless God, we're here today. And we're going to get all of it. I mean, we're going to get all we can get, you know, understand. We're going to get all we can get while the getting's good. Get our, just, just get ourselves filled up. Are you hungry? Yes. Yeah, we're not, we're not satisfied, we're, we're, but we should be fulfilled. We should be li- every day, you know, we should be living a fulfilled life. At the end of the day, we shouldn't go to bed feeling, oh, God, forgive me. I, I know I was an idiot again. I know I didn't do anything you told me to do. And I know I'm just an old sinner. Saved by grace. No, 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 no. That's not in the Bible. You're a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Come on, somebody. And the Holy Spirit's living on the inside of you to lead you and guide you through this life so that you can live a fulfilled life. Which means what? Which means you can go ahead and be full of God and do His plan for your life. I'm going to do His plan. How about you? And really react. Excuse me. In reality, it's letting him do his plan through us. Jesus gave his life for us so that he could live his life through us. That's why he gave his life for us. So he can live his life. It isn't, he didn't give his life for us, so now we can try to be a better person. The more you try to be a better person, the more you mess up. The harder it gets. I said the harder it gets. The more you try to be a better person, the harder it gets. The more you try to please God, the harder it gets. Don't try to please God. Just yield to God and let God be God through your life. And that's very pleasing to Him. And that's faith. That's what faith is. Faith is trusting in Him. Faith is resting in Him. Letting Him live His life through us. Let him think through your thoughts. Speak through your lips. Let him love through you. Let him touch through you. Let him deliver people through you. Let him heal through you. Let him do what he wants to do. We are the body of Christ. We're his body. I mean, you know, we all got a physical body. It would be a pretty crazy thing if my physical, oh, excuse me, guys. It's my physical body. It's just wanting to do its own thing. Every once in a while, my arm just reaches out and tries to do what it wants to do. That'd be a pretty crazy thing, don't you think? You know, if you didn't have control over your physical body, you're the body of Christ. He should have control over it. Huh? He should be able to work through it. It shouldn't be running around doing whatever it wants to do. It should just be yielding and let him do whatever he wants to do. Amen? Amen. And he can as we, as we rest in faith, as we believe in him, as we trust in him. God can be God in and through our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Friends, that's Christianity today. Sounds like a magazine. <laughs> Christianity today. Praise God. That's Christianity today. Read all about it. Read all about it. Where? Well, let's start in the book of Acts. Let's go back to the book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter 4. We started a series in the book of Acts because we just, we just believe this is the year of the book of Acts, right? It's time to get back to the book of Acts. We started this in November. Praise God. We're somewhere in chapter 4. I mean, God's just giving us good stuff, right? See, we're not trying to get through it. We're not just trying to get through something. We're trying to, we're trying to get a hold of something. We, we, we want God to do a transforming work in our life. It's not the abundance of information that you obtain in life that gets you anywhere. No, 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 no. It's revelation. Revelation, understanding of him in our life that gets us places in life. Can you say amen? amen. And so, you know, we're looking at the early church because, you know, how the church began, the church age began, sets the precedent. On how it's supposed to be. And of course, if anything, we're to go from faith to faith, glory to glory. So we should only be building on the things that we see in the book of Acts. We shouldn't be walking around saying, well, that all passed away. Well, that's not for today. Where is that in the Bible? Well, God don't do that anymore. Well, if he wants to, he will, but you never know. These folks knew some stuff. I said, "These, these folks knew some stuff. And really... This is when the the church was in a babyhood stage. This was a, we we were reading the book of Acts. Understand, this is the babyhood stage of Christianity. And yet they were known as those that turned the world upside down. They turned the world upside down and they were baby Christians. They didn't even have the Pauline epistles. You know, the writings, the revelations that God gave the apostle Paul. They didn't have that yet. There's a lot of things they did not have here in the book of Acts that you and I have today. They didn't have the opportunity to sit down in church and hear the kind of things that you and I are able to hear today. Because they just didn't have that kind of light, that kind of revelation yet. But over time, revelation has increased and we just have so much more. So we should be seeing what they saw and a whole lot more. See, And, and see, this should be getting us hungry. For these things. We shouldn't just be looking at it. Here's a nice storybook. It's not a nice little storybook. This is this is our reality right here. Yeah. Yes. This is our foundation. This is what this is what Christianity is is where it started and this is what we're building off of. Yeah. And these were fired up people turning the world upside down. How do you know the world needs to be turned upside down today? Yes. And turned inside out. Yes. And washed pretty good. Yeah. How do you know the world needs a lot of work? Yeah. It needs you! Yield it to Him. It needs the power of God working in people's lives. That's what what is needed in the world today. So we're here. Praise God. The devil's in trouble and the world's got hope because the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well because we're here. Because we're here in the earth. I'm telling you, we're the superheroes. Just forget about your Superman. I saw a, a... it's like a bumper sticker. It was written on the back of a pickup. And it was written on the glass, actually. And it said, Real heroes don't wear capes, they wear dog tags. I thought that's pretty good. I like that. But you know what just came to me? I just came to my remembrance. But you know what just came to me? Real heroes don't wear capes, they carry the Bible. How's that? Praise God. Hallelujah. We got the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Oh, man. We are so powerful. We got to get revelation of how powerful we are. In fact, hold your place there in Acts. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul said this in verse 15. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, they had a reputation apparently having faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And this is what he prayed, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. How do we know Paul is praying Holy Spirit inspired prayers? These are Holy Spirit inspired prayers. And if it were these prayers were good for the church at Ephesus, how many people know they're good for the church in Louisville? Right? If it was good for these folks here in Ephesus, it's good for us. Us folks right here. It's good for us. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Something to pray. Something to ask God for every day. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. Are you a believer? Notice this. There's power available to you. There's power available to you. He says, and what is, this is what he's praying, that he would enlighten the eyes of your understanding, that your eyes, the eyes of your spirit would be opened up, that you'd be flooded with light, that you'd get revelation and understand, come to know the exceeding great power that is yours, that is towards us who are believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heaven seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principalities and powers that's talking about demonic spirits demonic forces far above far above far above all devils all demons we could say and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come, And he put all things under his feet. His feet. He has a body. Doesn't he? Are we the body of Christ? Yes. So if it's under his feet, and we're a part of that body, then it's under you. It's under you. Devil, demons, evil spirits, they're under you. That's why Jesus said in Mark 16, in my name you'll cast them out. You'll cast them out. You'll cast them out. In my name, you'll do it. Say, we can do it because we have his name and we have this exceedingly great power from God. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. Glory to God. Verse 22, and he put all things under his feet. Friend, I got news for you. You know, there's a lot of Christians running around saying, man, we're under an attack. The devil's just eating our lunch, you know, and we're just, we just got to. oh man, the devil, oh, the devil. No, 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 the devil's under your feet. See, so we don't want to magnify the devil. We want to magnify the Lord. Yeah. We want to lift him up. We want to exalt him. Yeah. He goes on to say, we've been made to sit together in the heavenly places. We've been made to sit together in the heavenly places with him. Back in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Man, everything starts in the spirit, manifests into the natural. So he's... He's provided us the root source of every blessing in life. By blessing us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. Glory to God. Oh, here it is. Verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. It's chapter 2, verse 6. Where it says, and he raised us up together and made us sit together. Not he's going to, he has. He's made us sit together with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we've been made to sit together with him today. We've been raised up, made to sit together with him. So that's where we are positionally in the spirit. We're in a position of power. We're sitting with Christ. We're sitting with him in the heavenly places. in over the spirit realm where there's principalities, powers, all these demonic forces. You and I are raised up together. We're above these things in the spirit. That's how we need to see ourselves. Not judge ourselves according to the flesh. But see ourselves according to the spirit. So important that we see ourselves according to the spirit. All right, We're going to get there. Acts chapter 4. Acts the 4th chapter. Now. The disciples were just used by God to work a miracle in a man's life who never walked a day in his life. We talked about that. It was a miracle of healing that took place. Peter and James were going to the temple at the hour of prayer. They saw someone that was lame from their mother's womb, this man who was 40 years old. And they said, silver and gold we do not have, but what we have we give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. They grabbed the man by the hand. They pulled him up. The man leaped up to his feet and was running around, jumping, leaping, praising God. And so that day they preached the gospel. Peter got out there, preached. 5,000 people were added to him. 5,000 people got saved. Well, a lot of the religious people, government rulers and so forth, they didn't like that. So they came strong against the church. They laid hold of Peter and John and they went and put him in prison. And then uh, after being in prison, they took him out. And severely threatened them. And told them, you're never to say that name Jesus again. I mean, they gave him some pretty strong government mandates. And said, you better watch your mouth, man. You don't say that name. Well, Peter said, we can't help but speak about him and the things we have seen and the things we have heard. We, we, we can't help it. In other words, they said, No. We're not listening to you. We're not listening to man more than God. We're going to do what God has showed us to do. That's pretty bold. That's pretty awesome. I mean, they had faith in the risen Christ. Can you say amen? amen. So, you know, they were even further threatened. I mean, their lives were being severely threatened. And then they were turned loose because they had no, no way to be able to prosecute them. So they turned them loose. They feared all the people that had believed And so the Bible says, and this is where we pick it up, verse 23, And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So they went to their own companions. In other words, they went to their own local church. They went and got around those of like faith, those who believed like they believed. How many people know you need your own companions. Yeah, you need your own companions. And that's why God has raised up the local church. He's raised up local churches so that people can have a group of people that believe like them. That are, that are going after the Lord like they want to go after the Lord. And he raises up these places so they can come together. And I got news for you. Uh, church... Attendance, being a part of it, being a member of a church is not some kind of little supplement for our lives. It is a necessity. It is a necessity. We need the fellowship of those of like faith. We need one another. We strengthen one another. The Bible tells us in Ephesus, in Ephesians, that we grow one another up spiritually. And the, even here, Peter and John. I mean, these guys were mighty in God, but yet they had their own company. They had their own, a a group of people they can call their own. This is my church. This is where I belong. This is where God has set me. And so we need to have that. Now, if you've never been through our membership class, we actually have it tonight. We haven't had one in quite a while, but we're having a membership class tonight, which I really like to call it a partnership class. Because it's not like you just have a membership, you know, to be able to, like, you know, come and use the facility. You know, like a a gym membership, you know. It's not like a membership. It's a partnership. We're in partnership with each other with God. To see his purpose and plan fulfilled in and through our lives, individually and corporately as a local body. Right? So, so come tonight. Come tonight, if you haven't been through a membership class, because I'm going to get into a lot of detail from the word of God concerning these things about our partnership and how vital it is. How vital it is to have your own company. How vital it is to be planted in the house of the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 92, in verse 13, it says, those who are planted... In the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Isn't that good? Uh, He's not just talking about blowing in and blowing out. He's talking about being planted. When you're planted in God's house, man, he said, you're going to be fresh and flourishing. You're going to be fruitful. You're going to be productive. So you never want to be plucked up. Never let yourself get plucked up out of the house of God. It is vital. It is vital. I mean, to be taken out of the house of God is like an amputation. It's like it's being cut off from the rest of the body. And you never want to be cut off from the rest of the body because then the blood doesn't circulate. The nutrients don't get there. And you dry up. You start looking really sour. You know? These don't look very good. No, thank God. We're going to stay plugged in. Stay plugged into him. Stay plugged into him by being planted in his house. Verse 24 of Acts. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God. After they heard what? Well, after they heard these severe threats. I mean, their lives are being threatened here. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord... You are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is within them. Notice these guys. Notice this church. They've been severely threatened. And what most people would do is immediately begin to go to God. And their opening statements would be, God, you've got to help us. You've got to save us. God, did you hear what they said? Let me repeat it to you. Maybe you're not hearing this, God. They want to kill us for following you. What are we supposed to do, God? God, we need your help. I think a lot of people, when they go to prayer, they pray that way. They pray magnifying the problem. But I want to give you a, a, a key to effective praying. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You're going to go pray? Who are you going to pray to? I'm going to pray to God. (laughs) What are you more conscious of? What are you more mindful of? What are you thinking about the most? God? Who you're praying to? Or the problem you want to talk to him about? See, we can't let the problem become greater than him, than the answer. He's the answer. He's bigger than the problem. Somebody say, he's bigger. bigger. Oh, yeah, he's bigger. He's a lot bigger. So here, their lives are very threatened. And what, what, what do they say? First thing they say, God, you are God. You created heaven and earth by your great power. I mean, we... We wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for you. You know, we get so fearful about our lives, losing our lives. We're so protective of our lives, and we're crying out to God concerning our lives. Like, God, you got to help. Me. You got to help. Me. He's the one that made it. He made your life. He built the thing. So, so does He care about it? Yeah. And if He built it, I, I look at it this way: if if God can get you to grow in your mother's womb. And then he can get you out of that thing safely. To get you in this place today. Wow. He can get you through anything. Come on, somebody. He can get you through anything. He can do it. Isn't that the truth? Absolutely, man. I mean, the worst is behind us. Praise God. The worst is behind. Us. I mean, we, you talk about defenseless and helpless and pitiful and and then even after you came out as a little baby I mean you, you couldn't do anything for yourself couldn't do a thing to protect yourself I mean you just they had to hold your you hold your head watch his head watch his head he can guy can't even hold his head up you know it's dangerous these kids people come oh you want to hold my baby no now when I have my own baby it's just like a grace comes on you it's like you know No problem, but so, yeah, you, know, you get out, you get out of that for a little while. And you see this little kid, this little baby. It's yeah. like you hold it. I'll just I'll just bless him. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, you talk about helpless and you got problems, but look, you're here. You're here. Wow! Praise God. If He brought you this far, we can get it. We can make it to the end. Unless we get so full of fear and worry, we we run out of him. We run out of his arms. We run away from him. We panic. That's the only thing. And that's the only thing we can do is that. Let's stop running from him, and let's just recognize you're, you're, you. You created us. You created these jokers who are threatening us. You hold their breath in their nostrils. Rather, than, these are the government officials. These these are the rulers. These are the leaders. These these are the big dogs. No, no, no. There's nobody, nobody bigger than him. See, see I'm telling you, you've got to get rid of the fear in order to operate in faith. And so a sure sign that you're praying in fear and not praying in faith is you're magnifying the problem above God. So the first key to effective praying is you've got to pray in faith. And to do that, you've got to praise him. You've got to lift him up. You gotta, I don't care how big your problem is, he is greater. He is bigger. He is more awesome and more than able to take care of any problem that we face in life. Do you understand that? Somebody say, he's greater. greater. Well, let's act like it then. Don't just say, he's greater, but. No, no, no. He's greater. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. He's greater. And I don't know how, but somehow we're getting through this thing. Because he's greater and he knows how to split the Red Sea, right? He knows how to make a way where there is no way. He knows how to bring us out. He knows, he knows how to get it done. We've got to keep our eyes on him. If your eyes are really on him, then you're full of praise. You know, you, you, nobody should have to sit here and you know, bang somebody and say, Come on, church, praise him. It's like, no, no, man. We praise him because we believe. We believe, glory be to God, Hallelujah. P- praise and worship is the result of faith. It's the result of faith. We praise him, we praise him, because he's more real to us than anything else. And when he's real to you, he's, he's worthy of praise. Yes. He's worthy of praise. Can you say amen? amen? Glory to God. So these guys, they immediately magnified God above the problem. We're learning from these folks in the book of Acts. We're learning from them, these baby Christians. And here they are, major problems, and yet now major God. Major God. So they weren't talking the problem. They were talking up God. Verse 25. Who by the mouth of your servant David. Now they're continuing. Lord, you are God. You have made heaven and earth, the sea, all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David, King David, have said. Why did the nation rage and the people plot vain things? Now, notice the second thing that they're doing here. They're quoting scripture. They're quoting scripture. In other words, the word of God is before them. That's what's out in front of them. That's what, again, they're putting first place. They're lifting God up. They're praising him for being God. And they're speaking his word. Too many times we come to God speaking our opinions. We come to God speaking our feelings. Sometimes we come to God and we tell him how he needs to do things. No, no, no. You don't tell him how he needs to do things according to your wisdom. But you can tell him what to do according to what he said he would do. You understand? You can come to him and you can remind him of what he said. I mean, who are they talking to here? They're talking to God, and and they're saying, out of the mouth of your servant David, and then they quote what David said. And David said it by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it's not like God's sitting there going, guys, I know this. Why are you telling me what I said through David? No, God wants to hear us speak his word back to him. He wants us to speak his word back to him. Because it's, it's through the word that we understand God's will, and what God's going to do in this situation. We're looking to his word, for his will, to know what's to happen here. Too many people come up with what they think is the will of God based on their experiences in life. And then they teach it to others. And they make it doctrine in the churches. And now we've got this doctrine that's built on the reasonings of men. The wisdom of men. And it's not based on the word of God. No, no, no. We go back, we go back to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say about this? Let's 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 study the Word. That's why we study the Word. We fill ourselves with the Word of God so that when we pray, we overthrow we overthrow the devil. But we overflow, we overflow with with the Word of God. We overflow. You know, stuff happens. Immediately what comes to me is what does the Word say? It just needs to be that way. It needs to be a reaction. What does the Word say? You, fill, you saturate a sponge with water. You poke the thing. And, and what's going to come out? Water's going to come out. Right? You fill yourself up with the word of God. Devil tries to poke you. The water of the word squirts him. The word comes out. The word comes out. I mean, Jesus himself, when he became a human being, this is how he overcame. This is how he overcame. The devil came to him and tempted him. And said to him, if you're the son of God, turn these stones to bread. Jesus said... Well, I don't feel like I should do that right now. Well, I've never seen that none before. And I, he, Jesus didn't get all in this. I don't know. I'm not really sure. And I'm reasoning with it. No, Jesus said, it is written. Yeah. I and mean, this is Jesus. Jesus is quoting scripture to, to overcome the devil. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yeah. Devil comes again, tempts him again. Another temptation comes to Jesus. And Jesus, once again, first words out of his mouth it is written. He's quoting scripture. He's speaking the word of God. That's what needs to come out of that. Temptation comes. Trials come. Evil comes. Well, I guess God in his sovereignty is doing something we could never understand. And so let's have to take it and bear it. No, 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 no. It is written, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It is written, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. It is written, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. It is written, by his stripes you are healed. It is written, on and on and on and on and on. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. See what I'm saying? It is written. That's what comes out of our mouth. That's what we bring before God. That's what we use against all the problems in life. So we need to be praising and we need to be speaking the word of God. That's faith. That's faith. That's praying in faith. These folks understood that. They were doing that. And in verse 26, as they continued to pray, the kings of the earth. Took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. I love this. Notice, they recognize these rulers, they're not just, they're not just, they're not coming against us. They're coming against the Christ. They're coming against you, Lord. Because again, we so identify with Him as the body of Christ that it's not our problem. It's his problem. You understand that? Yeah. All your problems are his problem. Actually, you are his problem. Yeah. <laughs> your whole life is his problem. But I have people go, there's no problem that's really a problem for the answer. Come on, somebody. There's, no, there's, just, there's just no problem. That's too much for him. But we have to realize the enemy... Is attacking the Lord. I just prayed this. I pray this, I pray this a lot. When I when I pray, I praise God, magnify him, speak the word of God. Something something's going on. And then immediately I just say, This is this isn't about this person or that person. This isn't about me. Lord, they're attacking you. This is an attack against you, Jesus. This is an attack against your will. This is an attack against your people. This is an attack against your work. They're messing with you. Well, first of all, the devil never likes to hear this. You know, like I've I've, I've told you before, and I'll tell you again. You know, the devil, he tries to mess with you, put some kind of maybe symptom on your body. And I just stop and say, hey, devil, the Bible says, he who touches me touches the pupil of God's eye. You're poking God in the eye. You're in big trouble. That's pretty scary. When the devil realizes he's not just poking you, he's poking God. Because that's really who he's after, you understand? He's after God. He comes immediately to steal the word. It's not about you. It's about stopping the word of God. It's about stopping the plan of God. It's about stopping the purpose of God. And when your life is all about God and all about his purpose, then the devil is trying to stop God, not really you. So we understand that. So that right there is going to alleviate a lot of fear because you don't have any problems. They're all his. You understand? They're all, they're all his problem. They're attacking him. It's not you out here by yourself and saying, Oh, God, come and rescue me. It's like, God, this is yours. Look look, they're messing with you. They're messing with you. They're messing with your purpose, your plan. They're messing with your body. And so that's what faith does. Faith identifies with the Lord and it recognizes these things. It recognizes that you're not an island to yourself. You're not your own life independent of God and you're needing God to come in and, in and help your life. You're independent of God and you need God to come in here and he needs to do some things in your life. No, no, no. Your life is his life. It belongs to him. So it's all his problem. I cast all my cares on him because he cares for me. I'm not worried about my life. I'm not working, worrying about Charlie's life. I'm not worried about anybody's life because it's all in him. It's all on Him. It all belongs to Him. That gets all the fear off and puts all the faith on Him so that God can be God in that situation. Come on, somebody. Read it again. Verse 26. The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. For truly, against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed... Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your your purpose determined before to be done. In other words, they were in faith about God's plan coming to pass. They knew that this, if they kept their eyes on him, stayed in faith, it would all turn for. They're good, and God's good. I have you know, anything that happens in life, God's already seen ahead, first of all. Yes. God's already seen ahead, and he knows everything. Nothing catches him by surprise. We have to remind ourselves of that. When you're caught by surprise about something, don't just think, oh, Stop. Realize. God knew beforehand this was going to happen. Yeah. He knew beforehand this was going to happen. This, and you got to remind yourself, say, This didn't catch you by surprise. You saw this coming. And I love what Abraham called him. Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord that sees ahead and provides. He's the Lord that sees ahead and provides. That's literally what that means. He, sees he has seen ahead, friends. He's already provided. Let's not panic. God has seen ahead. God knows what's going to happen in a few days from now. He knows what's going to happen a year from now. He knows what's going to happen in the future. He knows the future of America. He knows the future of the world. He knows. And he knows the time of these things. He understands. God, nothing's catching him by surprise. So, ah, relax. Again, no fear. We trust him. God's here. God knows. It is well. It's going to be all right. I'm trusting him. I'm trusting him. But again, putting your faith in him is key to God's purpose and plan coming to pass. And here they're talking about Jesus... And how Pontius Pilate and the whole bunch of them, you know, they came to to destroy Jesus. And they just played right into the the purpose and plan of God. And God's plan was fulfilled in the life of Jesus. Isn't that true? But is God's plan fulfilled in everybody's life? How about old people going to hell? Is it fulfilled? Is that part of God's plan? That they go to hell? No. It says he's not willing that any should perish But all should come to repentance. But all don't come to repentance, do they? No, a lot of people perish against the will of God. Against what he's willing to see happen. But the reason why God's purpose and plan... ...took place, was fulfilled fulfilled in Jesus' life... ...is because Jesus was faithful. Jesus was faithful to God's plan. He stayed in faith concerning the Father. He kept his focus, his eyes on the Father. And so the Father's plan came to pass. And that's how it's going to come to pass in our life. We stand on the purpose and plan of God. We say, it is written, this is what it says. And so what the devil meant for evil, it's all turning for my good and for the glory of God. Because I believe it. I believe it. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. So verse 29, now Lord, now Lord, after we've praised you and Spoke the word and got things in its proper perspective. Now, Lord, look on their threats. I mean, you can, you, you can even hear it, right? Just how their threats were so minimized. At this point, it's like, look on their threats. Whereas if they didn't magnify him, they didn't speak, they didn't do those things, then they can be like, Lord, look on their threats. Yeah. Threats can be big, yeah. right? Big threats. No, 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 no. They had just magnified God now and said, Lord, look on their threats. It's tiny. It's a tiny thing. So he said, uh, now, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Notice, they didn't say, Lord, look on their threats and you need to do something about it. Lord, Stop them. Lord, do something. No, 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 no. They didn't do that. It's amazing how led by the Spirit they were with such little light that they had, really. No, no, no. They said, grant to your servants. That's to them. Lord, grant to us that with all boldness, they may speak or that we may speak your word. In other words, help us to do the right thing in this situation. Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. What's the answer to the problems you're facing in life? The word. What's going to fix it? The word. The word of God. God's will. Being spoken in faith. Lord, help us to speak your word. In they didn't say, Lord, do something to them. See, we've got to understand something. God does more through us than he does for us. A lot of folks are expecting God to do things for them. Rather than looking for God to do things through them, and therefore they miss it. They miss it. They're waiting for, I don't know why it's taking God so long to do this. I mean, I've been waiting 10 years for God to fix this. And they're just waiting and waiting for God to do something. It's like... You need to pray and say, Lord, help me to yield to you. Fill me with bold, boldness. Fill me with courage. Fill me with what I need to be able to straighten this crooked place out. Yeah. Yeah. With your grace, of course. It's not by my ability, but by your ability. But it's, again, it's God working through you. Say, God wants to work through me. God wants to work through you. Listen, you gotta say, he wants to work through you more than he wants to work for you. He wants to do things through you more than he wants to do things for you. Stop asking God to fix it and start asking God to give you what it takes to fix it. Let me be a part of the solution, Lord. I'm yielded to you. Let me be a part of the solution. Work through me. Work through me. Instead, we just want God to just work, go out there and do it and fix it. No, no. Work through me. This is a big part. I'm telling you, big part of effective praying If we want want answers, if we want results, this is how we get there. Expect God to work through you. Expect God to work through you. If there's a problem, expect God to work through you to fix the problem. Praise God. And he might use other people, obviously, too. You know, other people get involved, too. But God works through people to get things done. That's why he has a body. If God wants to do it, he'll just do it. It's not the Bible. God works through his body. God works through people. God needed a a body so much that he himself came to the earth and put on flesh and blood in the person of Jesus. He needed a body. He couldn't just say, I forgive you because I am God. He couldn't do that. He needed someone to work his redemption through. He needed someone in the earth to work his redemption through. He didn't just split the Red Sea and bring Israel out. He sent them Moses. See, God sends deliverers. God sends people. He sends people that He anoints. He empowers. He pours His grace out upon to get things done. It's always been that way. We need to stop just thinking, if God's going to do it, He's going to do it, and He doesn't need any of us. That is not Bible. That is unscriptural. That is just not true. Can you say amen? Amen. All right. So, Lord, they're saying, (coughs) grant to your servants, this is the whole church, right? Grant to your servants with all... Is the whole church praying this here? Right? With one accord. They all lifted their voice, the Bible says. And they're all praying this. And they said, Grant to your servants with all boldness. Let me speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal... And that signs and wonders may be done... Through the name of your holy servant, Jesus... Notice what they were expecting from God. They were expecting the Lord to heal. They were expecting the Lord to work signs and wonders and miracles. They were expecting a God of power to come through their boldness to bring about healings and deliverances and signs and wonders in people's lives. Come on, somebody. They didn't pray a little timid prayers. They expected power, man. They expected Jesus who the Bible says is the same yesterday, today, and forever, they expected Jesus to show up and do what Jesus does. And how many people know that's exactly what he did? Through them. Oh, yeah, there were people healed, there were people delivered, all kinds of things happened, and I love this. The next verse, verse 31, And when they had prayed, effectively, I might add, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. God gave them exactly what they asked for. They received it immediately from God. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, which caused them to have great boldness. And uh, the power of God came in that place so mightily that it shook. It shook. The whole church shook like an earthquake. I mean, do you believe in the Bible says what it says? Do you believe it's so? Yeah, that whole, that whole place shook. Now, see, a lot of folks today, they heard, oh, man, we were in church today, and we were praying, and all of a sudden, the whole place, the whole building shook. A lot of people say, that's of the devil. That shaking is of the devil. Where do you get that? That shaking is of the devil. Where do you get that? People come with all kinds of stuff. No, we see it right here in the Bible. The whole place shook. I remember years ago, we were at a uh, seminar. And, man, we were just full of the Spirit of God, man. We were just getting pumped with the Word of God and, man, just praying in the Spirit and just blessed out of our socks. And So we got out of our van. We showed up at the hotel coming from the meeting, come into the foyer, you know. And we all went to our rooms. And Next morning, we come out, and the, the, the lady that was working there in the lobby, she said to one of, the, one of the people that were with us, she said, when you all walked in here, this whole place shook last night. What she said. I guess we didn't realize because we were probably shaking with it. You know, you move, you move with it. You don't even know. You know, I mean, you're. You know, there's a place in Kentucky. It's called Shakersville. Did you ever hear of Shakersville? Shakersville, Kentucky. Shakersville, right? Shakersville, Shakersville, Kentucky. Have you ever heard of the Quakers? I'm not talking about the oatmeal. It's good. I like the oatmeal, but I'm not talking. Why were they called Quakers? Because they quaked. Where's this shaker stuff coming from? People shook. You know, when God, in Exodus 19, when God came came down on Mount Sinai, the Bible says the whole mountain shook greatly. So if if God could shake a mountain by coming down on it, is it any strange thing that a human being that is filled with the Spirit of God and whom the Spirit of God comes on might shake a little? I mean, I'm not saying saying we're all going to start shaking in this place today. But I'm just saying God can move mightily and shake things up in the physical, and we've got to expect God to manifest like that. Why? Why would this ever stop? Why would this kind of power? Why would this kind of power flowing into the church and into believers' lives ever stop? Do we not need it today? Is the world in such? You know, we're so sophisticated now. We don't need the power of God. We're very dignified. We're very sophisticated. We need it more than ever. Especially with the dignified. We need need some shaking going on. Can you say amen? Amen. Turn to somebody and say, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. Praise God. Let me review seven keys for you. You ready? Seven keys to effective praying. I just gave them to you. We just saw them here in Acts chapter 4 in these few verses. Number one. Enter with praise. Enter prayer with praise. Number two. Number two. Put his word first place. Let his word be in your mouth. Speak his will that's according to his word, not your feelings and your opinions. Number three, acknowledge your problems are his problems. It's not about you. Say, it's not about me. It's about him. Yeah, good or bad, right? It's all, it's all about him. He gets all the glory. He gets all the right. We like to say, we give you all the glory, Lord. For every good thing, we give you all the glory. Well, if you take all the cares... When it's bad, then you'll take all the credit and all the glory when it's good. So so you give him all the glory and you give him all the cares. You give him all the burdens. You give him all the problems. We cast all our cares on him. So we acknowledge that your problems are his problems. Number four, understand it's a spiritual battle that you face, it's not just natural. It's not just natural. The Bible says we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, we're dealing with with demonic forces here. So we've got to know our authority over the devil. We've got to understand that. Number six, ask God to work through you, not just for you. Ask him. Lord, make me bold. Lord, help me to be all that I need to be. Help me to yield to you. Help me not to get. You know what I pray a lot? Lord, don't let me get in your way. I'll pray that sometimes before coming out, you know, before ministering. I'll say, say, Lord, don't let me get in the way. You know, with doubt and unbelief and all that stuff. Lord, just don't let me get in the way. Lord, help me to yield to you. Work through me. And he'll do it. He'll do it. Ask God to work through you. Number seven, expect his power to manifest in your life. Expect his power to manifest in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. And I'll just throw this in there as a bonus. Be willing to be a Quaker. Be willing to be a shaker. In other words, be willing to get shook up. Be willing to move with the Spirit of God. Don't be just stiff and all starchy and just be like, full of your traditions, the traditions of men. Jesus said, because of your traditions, you've made the Word of God of no effect. Yield to the Spirit of God. Be adaptable. Be be, be pliable. Be moldable. Let God God move you. Let Him change some things. Let Him take that lump of clay and say, I don't need that anymore, and, and, and add some new things to you. Fix things up nice. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. He's the potter. We're the stiff pot. No. We're the clay. Can you say amen? (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. Did you get some good things today? Is this helping you? Man, I'm telling you, this is life-changing stuff. This is how we overcome. This is how we triumph. This is how we're able to get through the storms of life. Keep these seven things in front of you. I encourage you, meditate on these things. Don't just have a nice little sermon. Put it to work right away. Don't let it just be a nice little sermon. This is, this is life. This is how we make it in life. And we aren't going to more than make it. We're going to overcome. We're more than conquerors. We're going to triumph. I said we're going to triumph in every area of life. Praise God. Let's stand on our feet. Let's thank the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God.
0: That concludes this message.